What's good? What's good, everybody? Welcome back to J House Radio. We took a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, life gets in the way. We got busy, but we're back. And we have a ton of interesting topics from politics to movies to hip hop. Because um, you know us. We like to keep uh, in touch with everything that's going on. So how you been, Keith? Uh, I've been good, man. And I know there's no excuses. You know, I know a lot of people are waiting for, you know, their J House radio episodes every other week. But like you said, you know, things happen. Other than that, I've been all right. You know, just busy, you know, dealing with the kids and things like that. Um, We have an extra person that was added to the J House team, actually. And she's going to be helping us out with some designs um, and things like that. So we should be having some things opening up pretty soon with like as far as like our T-shirts and uh, just other J House um, apparel, basically. So that's one big project that we're trying to get going. Um, I also want to touch base that we have a 90s episode uh, dedicated to 90s film on our Patreon page. So me and Lois going back and forth talking about some of our famous favorite films from the 90s, um, basically. And if you guys want to check that out, be sure to check out our Patreon page at uh, patreon.com forward slash the J House. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're going to love the episode about the 90s. Um because we both picked very, very different movies. Um, I won't say... Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like, um, kind of my uh, my filmmaker background came out with that one. And uh, and Keith just picked great movies. Don't get me wrong. But it was just a little different. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we both, like you said, we both came up from, like, different generations, too. So, so uh, what do you want to start with today? Uh, we're going to start off with a few news topics. Uh, Will Smith uh, in the Suicide Squad will not be coming back as Deadshot, which, in my opinion, kind of sucks because I like the character Deadshot. I've always liked him in the comic books and in the video games and the cartoon, etc. And uh, I like what he did to that character. And it's kind of discouraging knowing that he's not coming back as the character. Now, I'm not sure if they're still bringing back Deadshot or not, or if this is going to have somebody replace him or what's going on with that. But yeah, he's not coming back as Deadshot. Um, it's, for me, it's no big loss. I mean, like, you know, the problem with Will Smith is Will Smith. He plays himself in every part. Like, the only time he actually acted like a different person was in that terrible movie, After Earth. But I like his performance because he was a very emotionless character. But, you know, in Deadshot, I expected him to start, you know, excuse me, in Suicide Squad, I expected him to start doing a stupid dance and ask for Carlton. Like, he's just always the same <laughs> character over and over and over again. Um, when he does did different projects like Six Degrees of Separation and when he did, was it, yeah, Six Degrees of Separation and when he did um, uh, that movie with his son. I mean, that's the, you know, he has the acting chops. He just chooses not to not to use them, which I think is sad. So I don't really think it's a big loss. Plus, Suicide Squad on the comic books is always changing the, the roster. So, you know, why can't New Mission need new characters? That is true. I mean, a lot of those movies like that that include, well, uh, stories and comic books that include different characters like that, it does evolve. There's always different characters. There's always different plot lines. So... Maybe maybe Deadshot won't come back at all, you know. But I, I just thought it was interesting to see him do something different like that. And if there's one thing about Will Smith that I have to agree with, and you know that that you mentioned, and that he doesn't really change up his roles too much. Sometimes some roles he pick actually forces him to 
kind of go about things a little different. Like when he did Ali. Oh, he was like great that. in Ali. He was great, yeah. Like, but that 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 forced him to be different. His character, a lot of roles he pick, he kind of just picks something that's close to him. And I'm just wondering if, like, he's gonna eventually start doing more roles that require him to be different. I wish he would because he has the ability to do it. And when he acts, yo, man, he's amazing. But when he's just playing himself, it's just like, yeah, 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 whatever. I've seen it for like twenty years. <laughs> So so yeah. so do you think that in do you think in the new film Aladdin do you think that's just going to be Will Smith in a in a genie costume? I think Will Smith's going to be Will Smith. I don't I don't um I don't see him being anything different. I think he's going to play more like the the Hitch character in that movie where he was kind of dropping knowledge in the Will Smith way. Yeah. But I don't see him um being any different than that. You know, I, I really think that that for the Aladdin, you need to find someone who's a great comedian. And Will Smith is funny, but he's not a great comedian. Yeah, I mean, like I like I tell everybody, I like Will Smith and all, but when I found out that he was going to be Aladdin, I mean, that he was going to be genie in the Aladdin movie, I was a little turned off by it because I know how he is, and I know what he probably would bring to that role, and I just don't know if it's going to fit well with that character and. It's kind of hard to follow behind Robin Williams, even though it's kind of unfair to compare, but it's kind of hard not to when you're playing the same role that a great comedian did. And then if you come in there and if your comedic chops aren't on point and you're not stepping outside the box, people are going to look at him and be like, well, that was a missed opportunity. They should have got somebody else for that role. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you could have taken... Um Hell, man, you could have done Chris Rock, and I think he would have done a better job. You could have taken, oh, my God, what's his name? The short comedian. Um, Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart would have actually done a pretty decent job because he's very animated. He's, he can very much play up the cartoon side of his personality, and, and I think that would be interesting. I really do. I, I think I think it would um, uh, make it funnier, you know? And when he does all, when he, and when uh, Kevin Hart does all his clapping, like, listen, listen here. Like, you know, like, like, that's very cartoonish. It's very cartoonish. I think he would have done, he would have been better for the role. So um, I'm going to let you go next and some of your news topics. What do you have for Um, us? I want to do politics first and hip hop. Um, You know, and, and, uh, you know, can I just say something? I, I miss the days when politics and hip hop went hand in hand. You know, oh, yeah. now now it's just all about, you know, three things, you know, <laughs> blunts, bitches and money, uh, you know, and rims. We still talk about rims sometimes. <laughs> no, you need your money to buy the rims. <laughs> uh, I, ju- I just uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> my uh, new favorite politician, Ocasio-Cortez, um, confronted Secretary Wilbur Ross because he wants to add. Uh, a question to the 2020 census of are you a citizen? And he said that he doesn't need to uh, go through all the steps because he's just reinstating a question from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Well, she took him to task and she said, the question you're asking is not the same question that they asked in the 50s. And he was supposed to submit paperwork three times for it and he did not submit the paperwork. And he's like, but I submitted it. And she was like, no, you haven't. <laughs> Called him out. And called she, him out. She called him out. She called him to task. And she literally asked him, why are you violating the law? Why are you lying to us? Yeah. 
and he literally had no answers. You know, but this is the same man who's the fucking, you know, super rich. And when the the government employees had no work, he's like, just take out a small loan. Man, if people could take out a small loan, if people could afford the loan, they'd be okay. But most people cannot afford a loan. Exactly. You know. Exactly. It's, it's just, I hate that so many uh, wealthy and rich people uh, are in politics because they don't understand, you know, what it's like for anyone who has money problems. Ocasio-Cortez, the reason why I believe she's such a great politician is because she's of the people. She was a bartender. She struggled with money, you know, uh, an average person, educated person who just uh, understand what it's like to be broke, to be poor, to struggle. And when you have millionaire politicians, they don't understand that. To them, it's like, you know, oh, I wasted $18,000, big whoop, you know. And to us, you know, some some of us, eight, you know, th- them spending $18,000 the equivalent of us spending $18 on ourselves. <laughs> exactly. So, and even still, sometimes $18, we're like, whoa, that was an expensive lunch. You kind of look back at that and then you're like, oh, man, I think I should have took off that cheeseburger. <laughs> but it, sometimes it's worth it, though. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay, I did want to talk about a couple things in hip hop. Um, first thing I'm going to ask you: What is your take on Snitch Nine? I mean, Takashi Sixty Nine. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the current thing that's going on with with him right now? Did we find out whether or not he's um, like he's not doing time now, right? Like he's just going under witness protection, right? He's currently in jail. Um, uh, he's under he, he's in, he's in a protected you know he's, he's a protected prisoner. Okay. Um, he is snitching as far as everything is concerned. Uh, for him to get out early. Okay. Um, part of me can understand that you know you have a family and everything else. Mm-hmm. The other part of me is um, you should have thought about that before you got involved in the life. Bottom line is the day you choose to be a gangster or a thug to join these. These um, these gangs, you know, like your life needs to be dedicated to that because these people don't fool around, you oh, know. No, yeah, they don't. So if you can't, if you can't be mad enough to to actually say, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this, um, you know, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if you can do it, that's you, you know. But if you can't do it, you can't do it. You know, if he did it to for. You know, cultural appropriations, or just he thought that's his way to get ahead, or you know, he was bored on a Sunday. You know, <laughs> you can't. You know, like these gangs are like the mob, bro. You know that it's just like you know, once you're in, you're in. You know, that's your life. Yeah. And I just think that he should have thought about that before he joined and knows where it ends up. You know, um, and for some people it's a, it's a box for other people it's it's a prison cell for other people it's just you know something else that's the problem with hip hop is that uh especially for certain generations people look at hip hop as um if i get into this i have to talk about a certain thing i have to be a certain way and i guess he probably thought that maybe people would see appeal to him if he's you know, all these ta- if he has all these tattoos on his face, he comes in with colorful hair. Oh, I'm part of a gang. We're doing this. Like trolling has become the new thing 
now in hip hop. Everybody trolls. You know, Takashi was always on social media trolling about this. Oh, I don't need security guards. Oh, I did this. I did that. And yeah, you can't touch me. Yeah, they kick yeah, his ass for it. Exactly. People troll. People feel like they have to troll to become successful in this business. Like I miss the days of hip hop where what you say as far as your lyrics is what makes you successful. And but th- the thing is now hip hop is so oversaturated that we had people who you know who can't really spit any good lyrical game. So they use trolling and other other in, in other stupid ways to try to get their popularity and to get noticed because they don't have skill in words. That's the oh yeah, like what's his name? That that white guy, the white southern rapper. What's his name? Um, Yellow Wolf. Bro, he looks like a middle aged dad. He should be driving a fucking minivan, bro. Come on, listen. I've heard some of his stuff, <laughs> bro. I, I heard some of his stuff. I'm like, really? This honestly. Some of his older, some of his older stuff is better than some of his current stuff. You know what I mean? Like when he first came out in the game, he was decent. He was something different, right? But some of his earlier music wasn't bad. It was actually pretty decent. You know, um, I haven't really listened to any of his current stuff because I felt like over time he kind of, I just lost interest in some of his stuff. So now I, I heard, I heard his diss track where he's talking about Post Malone and. Eminem and a bunch of other people and I'm like wow this is terrible but why though why why, why do why I think he, it's terrible no but why is he dissing Eminem like Eminem is going Eminem is arguably one of the greatest no no he is the goat he is the goat yeah. he is the greatest <laughs> of all time when you have other hip-hop artists who've been in the game forever and young hip-hop artists going that motherfucker is the greatest ever he is the greatest ever Okay, yeah. and what makes him the greatest ever is his grasp of the language. He yeah. man, he does some amazing wordplay. Like when he rhymed orange, I was like, <laughs> "How the fuck did he do that?" He was like orange, like a door hinge, and da 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 da. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, well, I guess that word can be rhymed now." When he's writing rhymes, he'll actually pick up a thesaurus just to find different words to play with. That yeah. is so interesting that an artist, a rapper, takes time to do that. You know, he he currently holds the Guinness World Record for most words in a song in Rap God. Yeah, like, it's insane. It's freaking insane. Yeah, but he, have you when you were when did you watch Eight Mile? Of course, I love that movie. When he was on the bus and you saw him working on a rhyme, he was doing rhyme columns. That's something that's pe- that people do in poetry class. Oh, yeah. And in an interview, he said he does that on his own. Like, he didn't realize it was a thing. And, um, and again, like, he strives, like, he loves the craft of the rhyme and the craft of hip-hop. And that's kind of, like, why he's the greatest of all time. And unfortunately, a lot of the the rappers now, you know, that they they use their limited vocabulary and their limited experience Mm -hmm. to try to show off on things that I think that are just kind of dumb. Like... Yo, if you're talking about blunts, bitches, and bucks, you know, <laughs> there's only so much you can say about it, you know? Exactly, exactly. How, listen, look, look, look at look at uh, Snitch9, okay? Like, he got caught with, like, a 13-year-old in one of his Instagram videos who was, like, half naked sitting on his lap. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. That's freaking disgusting, man. Yeah. How though. do you do that? Dude, and, and here's the thing. It's kind of, he doesn't know any better. The guy's, like, what, 20 years old? 
That's what I'm saying. Like, come on. Like, you're like you're grown enough to know what the hell you're doing. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> well, you should be. Let's rephrase that. You should be grown enough to know what the hell you're doing and make more more reasonable choices. Like, when you're in hip-hop, when you're in any form of entertainment, you got to understand, you're going to have eyes on you 24-7, even if you don't want them to be on you. They're going to be on you. You're going to be around girls who are just going to try to get you in bed just to get a picture or just to find a way to scam you. You know what I mean? That It, it comes with the business, and people don't understand that. And the problem with hip-hop nowadays, like I said earlier, it's oversaturated. Everybody has a freaking record deal. Hell, Le'Veon Bell, um, he's coming to the New York Jets, by the way. Big ups to that. Le'Veon okay. Bell has a record album coming out, and I don't know if he's good or not. He might be decent, and it's, it's no knock on him, but everybody is making music. Everybody has a record deal. It's saturated, and you're going to have those apples that are just horrible. You're going to have those apples that don't deserve to call themselves a rapper, that don't deserve to call themselves an artist. Listen, I... I'm not disagreeing with you, but you also have to understand that music is disposable now. That you don't have time to sit with an album before, like you look at the '80s, like especially in '88, which I think is the the greatest year in hip hop. Yeah. Um, like there was an there was an A and R person who helped you develop your song and your music and your sound and your look and your rhyme and everything else, where you were you were as a as a freshman artist you were taught you know, over the course of a year, how to make music. That's why you have artists, you know, like Eric B and Rakim, who are amazing. You have people like, um, you know, Public Enemy to this day is still making music. You have all these artists that, that you know, that learn their craft and learn, but not only learn the craft of, you know, uh, making music for themselves, but making music all together. MC Search Searchlight Productions. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. the man stopped being an, a, a rapper and he started being a producer and a record label and holy shit, you got to look at everything under this man's belt. Yeah. You know? And he still loves hip-hop and he still loves to rhyme and he still writes rhymes. You know? Like, he put Nas on the map. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and exactly. But now, it really is just you, your laptop, a microphone, whatever samples you can use. Uh, the production quality is terrible because these people, you know, they, they go on YouTube, they learn two lessons and, and when they should have learned 20 and they, they make some music. Yeah. And unfortunately, there isn't a lot of um, education in what music should be. You know, it, it's a great equalizer, which is wonderful, the internet, but at the same time, it, you get a lot of shitty music. Yeah, and it also dumbs down hip hop. At one point, hip hop was, you know, was about your words, your wordplay, your rhyme, how you can stitch things together. You get people like like uh, Little Wayne, who he's not a he's not a really a lyricist. He just has kind of great lines here and there, you know. Yeah, and, I don't know. I find him boring, and he sounds like my drunk uncle. <laughs> he does. L- listen, listen to Little Wayne. And uh, uh, uh. so my drunk girl, hey yo, let me get a drink. I can stand back six feet. You know I know what I'm doing. Can't you see who I'm screwing? You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Sounds like my drunk uncle. Yeah, I, you know. Honestly, I used to like 
the old school. By the way, that was the first time I've ever kicked a freestyle. (laughs) (laughs) I am no rapper. Oh, my God. We got to work on your album. Um, I used to listen to old school Lil Wayne a whole lot more than I listened to new school Lil Wayne. Yes, I do agree. New school Lil Wayne does have a very annoying sound. And it's not a knock on his, you know, on his music. He does have some pretty good music. I'm not going to lie. But I just, I don't like his current sound. You know, he, he does sound like, it, it just sounds weird. I don't like it. I when Little Wayne was actually little, I liked his stuff. But when Little Wayne just should have dropped a little and just been Wayne, you know, it just, <laughs> it, it, it was very repetitive. It was very much the same thing. It was the same style, same rhythm, same candidates. You know, it was just, just, Ugh. You know, I agree. I Listen, agree I'm sure. I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of Drake at all, but he does evolve, you know, and he does change his sound and his and his rhythm and and everything else, and you know, he, you know, I think he's bigger than Michael Jackson as far as number one hits and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That that guy literally drops like over like eight hits per album. Yeah, yeah. But again, he's also someone who. Loves the craft, loves the music, works with different producers, you know, and, and and that's what a lot of these hip-hop artists need today. Anyway, enough with hip-hop. Um, I'm going to jump into a different segment of the news topic. Um, so Sony has teased that they have seven more years, seven to eight more years of Marvel content. Not, well, actually not just Marvel content, but Spider-Man content that they're working on. Um and it's going to range from movies to TV shows and things like that. Um, what do you think about that? Are you kind of looking forward to that? Do you think that'll be something interesting that'll hold people's attention? I'm not interested. Years? I'm not really interested in it. <sighs> Here's the thing, okay? As great as the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 1 and 2 was, mm-hmm. you have Spider-Man 3. You have The Amazing Spider-Man, which had elements that were really good but were still terrible. You know, um, it, it, it's just they, they, you know, and Venom for as good as it was, it wasn't great. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, I just kind of think that the people at Sony are so far removed as to what makes Spider-Man such a great character that they can't really do it justice. I mean, what they did to Into the, Into the Spider-Verse was amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, everything from the animation style to the voice actors, everything. Um, and people, so they act as, they, they cast certain people that I was surprised they didn't, they did an amazing job. But I just kind of think that's more of a fluke, you know, that they were able to do something good. I really think they should just talk to Marvel and be like, hey, Disney, um, I'll sell it back to you for a shit ton of money. Honestly, I have to agree with you. Um, I think it's time for Sony to just let the Spider-Man thing go. Now, like you said, I think the two best things that... Actually, no, the three. The the three best things that came out of Sony as far as Spider-Man is the original Spider-Man 1 from Sam Raimi. I like that version. Actually, no, part two. Part two was probably my favorite one. Um, Okay. And Spider-Man the game, awesome. That was amazing. Which one? Which Spider-Man game? Oh, sorry. The one that just recently came out for PS4. You mean Marvel Spider-Man? Yeah, Marvel Spider-Man. That came out for PS4. Right. Um, 
But in I mean, it was else? a Sony in, license, but they went to Marvel for all the help. So it's, oh, okay. Yeah, so, kind yeah, of see, both. Yeah, exactly. So and then like the Into the Spider Verse, like that was pretty good too. So, but outside of those, I mean, they really have not done a great job with the Spider Man franchise. I, I feel like. I kind of got a little worn out with the whole Spider-Man thing besides when they started showing him in like, you know, the Avengers and things like that. I got worn out because there have been so many different remakes. There's been so many different directors, so many films that they just kind of like they kept trying to retell the story over and over and over. And I just kind of got tired of it after a while. It's like, come on, why are we redoing this Spider-Man story so many times within such a short time frame? So... But I think what they're going to do is over the next seven or eight years, I think they're going to start spitting out content based off of some of the things we saw on Into the Spider-Verse. I think they're going to start spitting out some uh, content based off of like Spider-Pork or Porky, whatever the Spider-Man name is. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to start developing more content based off of different characters in the world. And I think that'll be interesting to do that because... It'll allow them to be more creative and just try something different. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see what, what they're going to do with it. There was talk of a Sinister Six movie. Um, so, they would take Doc Ock, Rhino, Electro. Um, I don't know if they were going to do Craven the Hunter. Um, you know, a bunch of other ones and make a Sinister Six movie, which is a great idea. But do you make them the heroes and Spider-Man the bad guy and puts them in jail? Or, or do you make it like in Ocean's Eleven where it's just like there is no real bad guy. They're just trying to pull off a crime. But now that you've made them heroes, you can't really make them enemies in Spider-Man. The options are limitless. And I would love to see them tag more into different characters. Like, I don't know how they would do any of it. But Spider-Man, just like, you know, um, any other comic book um, hero, has a lot of interesting villains and just other characters that they can really build something on. And I, I just want to see them get more creative, like get different with the franchise and just try to spice it up a little bit. So, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm not going to hold my breath because Sony, like I said, doesn't really do that great with the Spider-Man franchise. But I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with the franchise to see what they have planned and just to, just to see where they go with it from there. Honestly. What I want to see them do is an Agent Venom. At one point, Flash Thompson became Venom. You know, he's a war vet, lost his legs, became Venom. And that was my favorite comic book run of Venom. Absolutely loved it. Flash Thompson brought this unique, unique thing to it. It was awesome. I would love to see that. And speaking of Venom, I did not like the Venom movie. I I, I watched it recently. I didn't think it was that great, honestly. It wasn't that great. Yeah, it was pretty bad, honestly. I... I was expecting so much more of it because I've been waiting so long for a Venom movie. Like, I love Venom. He's one of my favorite characters in the Spider-Man world. And it just really let me down. I liked it. It's uh, three out of five stars for me. It's watchable, but I don't think it's rewatchable. Oh, no, definitely not. For me, I'm sorry. I got to give that one one out of three stars. I, I just... Honestly, it, it to me, it was so bad that I was barely paying attention to it because it, it couldn't hold my attention. Now, I'll admit, the best thing about the Venom movie was I liked the way Venom looked. I think he had a great look to him. Um, but the story was just really bland. It, it's just everything. And I didn't believe the whole love interest that Tom Hardy had with the female, um, you know, with his with his girlfriend. like that Yeah, Michelle scenario. Williams. Yeah, that, it, it just wasn't 
that love thing between them wasn't believable. They like, seem more they seem more like um ex-boyfriend and girlfriend who hate each other who got to pretend to be in love. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's the kind same of what it felt vibe. Like. That's what I got from it too. I was like I I just I, I wasn't believing it. I just wasn't believing anything that was happening in that film. But Riza Med, the guy who played the bad guy, he did a pretty good job though. It, it fit within the confines of the movie. It it, it didn't go over, it didn't go under. It, it was all right. Yeah. It was all right. <laughs> it's no Deadpool 2, that's for damn sure. Oh, I just watched that too. That was oh, amazing. I love that movie. It's funny. It's funny. That was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be because at first I was like, Deadpool 1 was good. What could have been better? And then when I heard they were doing a part 2, I'm like, Really? You right, thought I'll Deadpool 1 could have been better? I mean, I don't know. It's just something about it didn't really speak to me. I mean, it was funny. It had its moments. But it didn't really catch me like it catched everybody else. You know, yeah. now part two, for some reason, there was just, it was just something about part two that really caught me a little bit that just made it better for me. Like, I don't know. I, I like Deadpool 2 better than Deadpool 1. Yo, I have the only crush on the girl who played uh, Domino. Yo, me too. Yo, oh my she's God. hot. Domino was hot, man. I was Ugh. like, please let her be in part three. <laughs> Dear Lord, yes. All right, so um, I'm going to lead off the show topics. Uh, we're going to talk about Birds of Prey. They just recently came out with a small teaser. It really didn't give us too much, but they came out with a small teaser of the film starring Harley Quinn. Um, that's going to be coming out. I, th- I think it's coming out this year, maybe, or something like that. I don't know. Um, did you get to check out the teaser or no? Yeah. Um, I, my problem is they've never been able to do Birds of Prey really good on film. So yeah. um, I, I'm going to hold my opinion until I kind of watch it because I'm just kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of holding my breath on that film a little bit, too, only because I didn't really like Suicide Squad that well. So I'm just wondering how her character is going to feed over into the Birds of Prey film. Um, but I'm going to give a little backstory about Birds of Prey, some of the characters, just in case a lot of people don't know about it. So, um, what are we doing? So Harley Quinzel, Black Canary, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Black Canary, the Huntress, and Renee Montoya are trying to save Cassandra Kane from Gotham City's crime lord, Black Mask. So Harley Quinn, her backstory is she's Harleen Francis Quinzel. Um, she first appeared in the Batman, the animated series in September of 92. She's the lover of Joker and was his psychiatrist at uh, Arkham Asylum. Um, Black Canary. She debuted in she debuted in Flash Comics and Flash Comics number eighty six, and she appeared in August of nineteen forty seven. She is the alter ego of Dinah Dinah Drake. Yep, world class martial artist, and has the power of of a canary cry. I think that character is probably the most interesting to me that's going to be in that film, honestly. Um, well, first of all, the actress who's playing it is fucking hot. Uh, and the second thing... <laughs> no, she is. Completely my type. Uh, the other thing is, though, Black Canary is actually the fight trainer for the Justice League. Really? Yeah, and the Justice League, in the cartoons and the comics, she's the, she trains people how to fight. Oh, nice. If you're a fan of Young Justice, she, you know, it's where you see it more, where she, she trained them all how to fight. Our next character I'm going to bring up is is the Huntress. She appeared in 
and the Huntress, number one, in April of 1989. Her character in the film is going to be based off of the Earth 2 Huntress. Um, her name is her name is Helena Wayne. The daughter of uh, Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. Really? I didn't know that. Yes, yes. Daughter of Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle. So Catwoman and Batman have a kid, and it's her. Wow. Yeah, some of these characters... Um, that they're bringing up in like these comic book movies, man, are really opening up my eyes to some characters that I never knew about or just didn't get a chance to read about. That's interesting. Well, the thing is, you know, like um, I'm more of a comic book person, you know, mm-hmm. so like I'll read runs of comic books and stuff like that. I just finished, you know, um, a, a whole thing on Spider-Man with another multiverse uh, run they were doing. Um, I just finished, you know, catching up on X-23. I'm about to catch up on X-Men right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And things like that, you know. And the things—if you read the comic books, um, it's worth it. Like if you get the Marvel app and you pay for their subscription, uh, you can get all the old comic books, you know, as part of your subscription, and you can catch up on a shit ton of the backstory of these characters and what they've done. Honestly, I've been thinking about doing that too, I, um, because um, there's a lot of comics that I did not get to read, you know, when I was a kid, and. Like, there's just so many different comic books that's out right now and comic books that came out years ago. It's hard to keep up on everything because there's just so many different stories, so many different universes that it's really hard to keep up on everything. So, but yeah, I'm like, actually considering doing that, though. Like, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. No, excuse me. Superior Spider-Man. That's where Doc Ock takes over Spider-Man's body and becomes Spider-Man for a while. Holy crap. Are you serious? Yeah, and it's an old storyline, dude. It's oh, like really wow. old. It, it would be part of that subscription. You get to read it. That's interesting. Super yeah, I, interesting. I think I think DC has like a comic book uh thing that's part of their that's part of their subscription too. When you get Yeah, DC, DC has the same thing too. But I, I'm yeah. I'm not uh not that I don't like DC comics, it's just that I lose interest in a lot of their storylines quickly. Yeah. Um like the new fifty two, I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I was really into the new fifty two. And towards the end of the run, um, you know, it just started getting kind of weak. And then they yeah. relaunched the whole thing, and I was just like, ah, I'm not interested in catching up again. <laughs> Batgirl, like, I'm over fi- that. Yeah, Batgirl, the new fifty two was fucking amazing. Good oh, book, really? yeah, really, really good book. And then they changed her into like this girly girl thing, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. He's <laughs> like, on to the next one. Exactly. <laughs> All right. The next character we have is is Renee Montoya. She is a detective of GCPD in the Major Crimes Unit, who is frequently in contact with Batman. Nothing and a lesbian, especially. Oh, she's a lesbian. She's and a lesbian, yes. <laughs> he had to add that part in there. <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's important because you know um, DC really does. You know, DC and Marvel try to keep up with the times. You know, introducing, you know, like a a half Latino Spider-Man, you know, like Miles Morales um, and, you know, other gay characters. And Marvel had the first gay wedding in comic books. So DC introducing a lesbian character is a good thing because, you know, it's more about what today's society is about, you know. Yeah. Different people doing different things all with the same goal. And it's actually important, you know, especially in, in the comic book realm, it's important to showcase different types of people like everybody just like in real life everybody in the comics should not always just be you know perfect like they shouldn't all be rich and all have 
just crazy superpowers and things like that. Just introduce different characters from different backgrounds and it will help appeal to different people and make them want to read it. You know? Yeah, like uh, Green Lantern is great for that. I mean, Green Lantern has Black Green Lantern. It has an Irish Green Lantern. It has exactly. the, the fly boy. It has a Muslim guy. It has a girl with mental illness. You know, so like all that, you know, is great. Hell, there's even so, a black Superman. There's a black Superman? There's a black Superman in an alternate Earth, yes. Oh, man. See, there's too many Earths, man. <laughs> well, multi- too many Earths. Well, multiverse is a great way for you to play with a character, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, a good example is in um, um, in the Flash alternate universe, which I, uh, Flashpoint, you know, where you have uh, Bruce's dad being Batman. You know, where you have uh, Bruce's mom being the Joker, you know, and she's in a lesbian relationship with Harley Quinn, you know, how, um, you know, Cyborg is like the major um, superhero or, you know, and things like that. I mean, like, like alternate Earths really give you a whole new opportunity to look at things. Marvel did that with their ultimate universe and the ultimate universe was so much better than the regular universe i stopped reading the regular universe and i just stuck with the ultimates and when they ended the ultimate universe it broke my heart <laughs> it did because you know there's where uh, miles morales spider-man comes from is the ultimate alternate universe uh mm-hmm. captain america became president of the united states <laughs> you know oh <laughs> yeah yeah that like it's so interesting can uh, you imagine yeah the avengers weren't called the avengers it was they were called the ultimates um, there's where the whole idea of um, uh, what's his name, the guy who plays Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson. Uh, the whole idea of Samuel Jackson being Nick Fury came out of the Ultimates universe. You know, Stormbreaker came out of uh, the Ultimates universe. The fact that all of these different worlds exist gives people in filmmaking who are making these um, films different creative juices to come up with different stories. I think what's most important about it is having alternate universes and alternate characters be of different backgrounds gives you someone you can identify with. Yeah. You know, where, you know, Miss Marvel's a Muslim girl, uh, where you have a black Superman, where you have, um, you know, different characters being different things. I just kind of think that's great. You know, that's awesome. Um, That's what I like about alternate universes. You have different versions of characters. You know, where Wally West, you know, is either a white guy or he's a black guy, you know, like, but the character is still the character. Exactly. I, that's, that's one of the reasons why I love these Elseworld or Otherworlds or multi-universe versions of characters, because you get to see a different side of them and different people portraying them, you know, like hell, there's a Puerto Rican superhero in, uh, I, I think it's DC or Marvel. I'm not sure. Oh, what the I hell is Marvel? Name? Because they were, um, I saw something on YouTube where they were talking about possibly having a, a new character introduced to the Marvel Universe and she was Puerto, I think he or she was Puerto Rican. La Puerriquena, Marvel's Puerto Rican superhero. La Puerriquena. She even wears a costume that, that has the colors of the Puerto Rican flag. Typical Puerto Rican. <laughs> um, I forget if she's a lesbian or not, um, which I was a little upset about her being a lesbian. Why? Because uh, because it, it, the spotlight should just be on the simple fact she's Puerto Rican. You know, I don't think you should add another struggle to it. Like, yeah. this, give it to the second one. <laughs> don't give it to the first one. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, let's do the first one first, and then later on you can add all that. Right, that's like saying, like, like, if the first Black Green Lantern 
you know, was also gay, that just adds something else to it, you know? Yeah. Just l- l- let him focus on being a hero first, and, and the second one, you can give them whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's just, just my take on it. All right, so our next character is going to be Cassandra Kane, also known as Cassandra Wayne. First appeared in Batman number 567, July of 1999. She is the daughter of assassin David Kane and Lady Shiva. She is one of the Ooh, women who... Yeah. She's one of the women who have um, taken the role of Batgirl in some comics. Yes, she has. So that's going to be interesting. And was um, very brutal as ba- uh, as uh, as Batgirl. Brutal in a good way or in a bad way? No, like she was like vicious with like... Like, I think she killed people a couple times. I'm not sure. I, have to, I, I don't remember it too good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. But... <laughs> she she was a real good character. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Marvel. I mean I'm waiting for DC to showcase the Batgirl character in like a good way. I mean, out of all the films we've had, we had a look at Batgirl back in the Tim Burton Batman days, and I wasn't too crazy about it. No, no, that wasn't Tim Burton. That was uh, Schumacher. Oh, Schumacher did that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't too crazy about that version of the Batgirl. I didn't like it, but then again, I didn't like those Batman films either. So I guess they come hand in hand. But I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting to see somebody do Batgirl justice because I think Batgirl would be something very interesting to have in a DC universe. And I like when we have good comic book films that are you know that have female leads because a lot of them are really great. A lot of people don't. I feel like a lot of people sleep on comic book films that have like lead females and a lot of them have been very successful with Wonder Woman and, you know, uh, Captain Marvel, which we're going to talk about tonight as well. So I think the reason why they fail is because they focus on the fact that they're a woman. Like, okay, we get it. It, It's a chick. (laughs) Who cares? We understand. We can tell. (laughs) It's not the 50s. It's not the 60s. It's not the 70s. It's not the 80s. It's not the 90s. You know, nowadays, you know, a strong female character is, you know, no different than a strong male character. It's just, it's part of how things are done now. Exactly. One is man, one is woman. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to see more is I want to see, um, you know, besides the Latino superheroes, which I think it's sad that there's practically none, yeah. um, which makes no sense since most of them are from New York. And you're going to tell me, name one person in New York who doesn't know at least one Latino. <laughs> at least one. At least one. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like in Friends. The Friends they had, there was like one black girl who dated Ross and then there was nothing. And then there was not one Latino in all of Friends, you know? Um, wow, you know what? Yeah, I got I to gotta research that. That is very interesting. Yeah, I don't it, it's, there was one. You're right. It, it's just silly. You know, if you're in New York, you know, there should be everybody. Absolutely. Everybody. Hell, there, there's even an Indian Spider-Man. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> in the multiverse, there's an Indian Spider-Man, you know? Um... I want to see more uh, Asian superheroes besides the the kid who's the Hulk now. The Hulk oh, is now an Asian man. kid. Now, really? yeah, Hulk is now Asian, <laughs> which oh, is super man. cool. Which was super cool because it wasn't it wasn't like a big deal. It's just like, oh, this kid's genius. He's smart. He want, now he has the powers of the Hulk. You yeah. know, move on. And that was the perfect <laughs> way. There's the perfect way to introduce him because it wasn't a big deal that he was Asian. And I just exactly. kind of think that there should be other Asian. Uh, Asian where Indian, you know, um, superheroes. Yeah, I, I think they need to broaden their horizons as far as just the type of people, the type of 
character that they pick for a superhero. Just change it up a little bit. And, you know, we're getting into a different phase in the whole Marvel universe right now. Like, we're pretty much in the final phase of whatever phase we're in. And I'm just curious to see what they're going to do going into the next phase. You know, but that's going to lead into what I'm talking about in Captain Marvel. So I'm not going to touch base on that yet. You know, why, but, why, don't, why don't we jump into Captain Marvel? Because it kind of seems like everything we're saying flows. Yeah, yeah everything's going. <laughs> All right, so we'll jump into that. Um, but I'm going to finish off uh, and say that the last character I wanted to also introduce everybody to that they probably already know about in Birds of Prey is Black Mask. He's going to be the villain in this one. Um, he first appeared in Batman number 386 in August of 1985. He's a crime lord in Gotham City and is fascinated with masks and takes a lot of pleasure in just torturing people. Uh, he's also he's also in uh, Arkham Asylum. Yes. Yes, he was. I freaking love that game, by the way. If you guys have not played Arkham Asylum and you got a PS4, go get it. It's probably like 10 bucks now. Or a 360. Amazing game. Yeah, or 360. Like, there's not a lot of good comic book games out there. A lot of them are horrible. But Batman, like the back, the Batman Arkham series, I think there's like three of them, are probably some of the best comic book games I've ever played. So, yeah, we're going to jump into our review for Captain Marvel. Um, I'll let you start off with your thoughts on the movie. Um, blah. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Blah. Blah. Oh, man. That was actually worse than what I was going to say, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> it had really, it had really, it had really good stretches of like 15 or 20 minutes. Like, oh, this is good. And they had yeah. stretches of blah. And I think a lot of it had to do with um, the, the lead actress's um, inability to emote. Like she just, she was just blah, you know, (laughs) like when she was being human and she was joking around with Nick Fury, that was cool. When she was joking around with the the main bad guy, because I don't want to do a lot of spoilers, um, that was cool, you know, but just a lot of the time she just didn't feel human. You know what I'm trying to say? Like you've only been lost in space for six years. The rest of you, the rest of the time you've been on Earth, you know, you're not, you're not being human. And I kind of think that that kind of um, ruined the character. You know, um, she did great action scenes. The fights were be- beautiful. They were brilliant, well choreographed. Love the special effects, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. But I just kind of felt like um, she could have, she could have just been a little more human. And I don't mean like I don't mean like uh, like like girly girl like oh honey how you doing I don't mean any of that shit. <laughs> my name I mean is Captain like, Marvel. Right? Like, oh my god! No, I don't mean any of that stuff. I mean she just she didn't feel human. You know when you oh what is the name of her best friend? Uh, uh, oh, her best Rambo, friend. Rambo. Rambo. Yeah. Maria Rambo. Like I thought she was pretty cool. You know. Um, and I, I did kind of like her performance, but I kind of think she also suffered from imitating Brie Larson at a couple of points where she also felt a little less emotional, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I just didn't like that. When the, the main bad guy, ah, oh, what's his name? Wait, are we, should we say who the main bad guy was? Cause I might get into spoilers. The Skrull. Um, 
the main oh, yeah. va- the the main bad guy who's a scrub who there's a twist on it. I think he him and Nick Fury were the two most human characters, the most likable characters in the whole film. Yeah, I honestly I would have to agree with you on that. I think they added something to that film that really kept you engaged. Yeah. Um yeah, I definitely have to agree with you on that one. I mean, in my opinion, uh I think Brie Larson, uh who plays Captain Marvel, for one, she's beautiful. <laughs> really? Uh she's she's kinda I I think she as far as like the eye, she kept you intrigued in like what was happening because I think she's a very attractive you know woman for one and but as far as like as far as her just as a character yeah she did seem a little bland at times like there were certain points where I felt disconnected you know where I I feel like she was kind of struggling to play Captain Marvel but like you say when she had her human moments you kind of you know like I kind of felt that that was the best part of her when she had her human moments but outside of that yeah it, it, it did feel a little disconnected yeah, she Honestly. felt her most human when she was just doing the banter back and forth with Nick Fury. Yes, exactly. You know, and like those were like some of the best scenes, you know, or like the scene where she was having an emotional. Um, I can't really get into it until we get to spoilers, but she was having an emotional conversation with one of her friends and she felt human there. She showed concern. She showed sadness. And I was like, and like, I felt that with her. Yeah. But yeah, I mean. Other than that, the choreography was good. Uh, the story was a little. The story was okay. It was unique. I've never known a, a story like that with her in the Marvel comics. I mean, I could yeah. be wrong, but everything that I've read, no. Was well, completely different than that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but not only that though, Captain Marvel's kind of is an asshole in the comic <laughs> books. No, I'm serious. Captain Marvel's an asshole. Like sh- she's not a nice person. She could have done a little better. I'm I'm a little worried about how she's going to carry that character going into the next Marvel film. Um, and from what everybody says, she's supposed to play a pivotal role in that film. So we'll see. Well, all right. So this in this part of the of the show, we're going to jump into the spoilers. Um, this part will not have the music playing in the background. So that way you guys can tell when the spoilers are over and when they're not over. So, yeah, we're going to jump into spoilers. Um, the segment where they're, like, digging in her mind and they're trying to, like, look back in her past, I just thought that that was an interesting way of, you know, of, of like, damn, what do you call that in films? When they're, like, trying to, what do you call that? Like, when they're, like, trying to rewind time, when they're trying to pick up something from the past. Flashback? Yeah, like the yeah, like the whole flashback sequences. Like I think that that was really interesting about how they went about the flashback. I, I like the fact that we started off with her current form instead of starting a movie off with how things were in the past and then looking forward because it kind of puts you on a journey. It, it, it puts you on her journey on trying to figure out who the hell she is, what happened to me, why am I here? And I think that whole aspect, that whole journey that you went on with her throughout the film was interesting. Like I, I like how they did that. And that was one of the most positive things that I take from that film because a, a lot of films didn't or have never done it the way they did it. And that was just interesting. Um, and I love the aging technology. Oh, my God. That, that aging technology is just getting better and better with every Marvel film that they make. You mean the and, de-aging? Yeah, the de-aging. Sorry. The uh, de-aging technology was amazing. Did, I, I caught myself 
purposely looking at Samuel L. Jackson just to find the creases, just to find like, all right, where is the real Samuel? Where's the, you know, young Samuel? And I, I couldn't find it. I don't know what they do for that technology, but it's amazing. Here's the thing about it, though. It's like it looks good on a single shot or maybe with one or two people. Yeah. But once you put it in more than that, you're like, something's off. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's amazing. I agree with you, you know, but uh, and it is getting better. But I just kind of think that, you know, like uh, you could have done more with Agent Coulson in the movie. <laughs> you know, for the fact that Agent Coulson and Samuel Jackson went that whole movie with the de-aging process. Is one hell of a feat. I, I know that had to have been like hard to actually do that because usually for de aging, when you see it in the previous Marvel films, it's usually like one scene, maybe two, and then that's it. They did an entire movie with that, and that that was crazy. I gotta applaud them on that. Yeah, um, what I really gotta applaud them is the skin tone was right. Yes, exactly. Um, and Greg Clark, I mean Agent Coulson. It was a little off around his hairline and things like that because I was really paying attention. But yeah. Samuel Jackson was perfect. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, I was just like, wow. Are, are you sure you didn't just like throw this man back in a time machine or something? <laughs> like, it, it, iron him crazy. to take out the wrinkles. <laughs> something, man. But yeah, Agent Coulson, I would have to agree. I, it wasn't that great on him. Like, like you can kind of tell that something was a little off with his face. So, um, but outside of that, I tried to enjoy it. I, I wasn't really trying to like nitpick, say, like, oh, let me make sure that this is perfect because I guarantee you I'm going to find a flaw. I mean, I, I just wanted, to, I was just paying attention to it just to see how amazing it was. Yeah. But the music, I love the music. I, I like the selection of songs they pick. I like the selection of songs they picked in certain scenes. It was, it was a nice throwback. It was uh, nice throwback. Most of it was really good. Okay. Um, some songs really put you in the 90s. Like, Come As You Are by Nirvana put you in the 90s. Yes, I uh, love that song. One of my favorite Nirvana Waterfalls songs. Waterfalls by TLC, uh, TLC excuse me, put you in the 90s. Garbage, I'm Only Happy When It Rains put you in the 90s. You know, yeah. Waterman, Salt and Pepper put you in the 90s. But yeah. then you have, um, but here's the thing, like for me, I'm just a girl for the fight scene, for, the, for that being the fight music. Uh, no, I, I kind of think that. I didn't that, like that. Oh. I didn't like it. There's uh, a band called Kitty, uh, and they have a song called Brackish. Now, this band, like, this is their only good song. Like, I've listened to a lot of different stuff, yeah. and that would have been a much better song. Really? Yeah. I, I'm going to play it now. I don't know if you can kind of pick it up on the mic too good. Okay. Can you hear it? Yeah. actually sounds like a fight like a fight song kind of track that I would use in that kind of scene. Right, right. Let me bring up some of the lyrics so you can see how angry it feels. Yeah, see like, yeah, like that, that would have been perfect for that. That would have been perfect. Like, it fits the mood of what was happening. I didn't like the whole, you know, um, I'm just a girl song. Like, I just felt like it was out of place. Yeah. You know, like they like they started playing and I was like, okay, <laughs> why are you playing that right now? I would have liked been... <laughs> that more when they were with the Skrulls. I'm just a girl. 
because they because they they, they they underestimated her so i think that would have been a better fit exactly exactly i just i don't know i felt like that that one just did not fit right there honestly i, I didn't like it um but the whole storyline where um uh what is his name where where uh, jude law was actually the one that was behind this was really interesting because I did not see that coming. Like, that was a nice little twist. I saw it from three miles away because I know the comics. Really? See, that's the thing. I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel, so that's why I, you know, didn't really see that coming. But I just thought that that was interesting, you know, that that they actually took that twist. For me, it was Annette Bening being, you know, Dr. Wendy Lawson and the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. Knocked out of the park. I thought she did a fucking killer performance. Yeah. <laughs> Killer. She, you know, when she was the doctor, she was warm. When she's a supreme intelligence, she was menacing. Menacing with a smile, which I thought that was a really, 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 really good good performance. What I think they need to do to Miss Marvel is what they did uh, to Thor. Because Thor 1 was cool. Thor 2 was bleh. But the third one, Ragnarok, like... Thor became like this really great character and I think they need to do what they did to him is what they need to do to Miss Marvel Captain Marvel excuse me Thor Ragnarok was probably my favorite Thor movie I didn't I wasn't really a fan of the Thor movies but yeah Thor Ragnarok he he felt more like down to earth like he felt more relatable yeah in in like a certain sense and yeah, they probably do need to do that with her. I mean, yeah, she might have like an attitude in the comics, but bring it to film in a way that it can be relatable. And like I said, there were just too, there were too many scenes where she did not feel relatable, that she felt disconnected a little bit, and it was kind of confusing at times. Exactly. I mean, overall, I think she did a decent job. It wasn't a bad job, but it could have been way better. It no, been way better. it, it could have been way better. Definitely could have been way better. Um, um. I kind of wanted, probably pretty much everything I wanted to say about the movie, um, but I do have like the 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 after credit scene, both of them. The first one, you know, that's a scene in the Avengers. The next one, yeah. like that would have me like, oh shit, I can't believe this guy snuck up on everybody, Cap, yeah. uh, Captain Marvel, and I was like, oh my god, I gotta see it. Um, <laughs> but then the last last one where where um, that cat regurgitates the the tesseract. I was like, yeah. I stayed all this time for that. <laughs> but you know what? Marvel does that. Like, that's their thing now. So the first um, post-credit scene is always something that leads up to, like, a future film. So, like, and then the uh, last post-credit scene is usually something that's just about nothing. It's just, like, something that's funny or uh, something that's lighthearted. Like, I, I kind of noticed that that's what they've been doing because yeah. they first started off by just doing one. And now it's always two. Right, but now, so but here's the thing, like... One now that's that serious it's, and one that's just about nothing. No, <laughs> not really, because, like, um, in Iron Man 3, it was all very fitting. Like, it fit with the story, you yeah. know? The only time they really made it about nothing was with uh, with Spider-Man Homecoming, you know? Yeah. Where he where where Captain America was like, yep, that's it. you, It's over. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's good. <laughs> but with the cat, I was just kind of like, I could live without that scene. Well, they did something like that in Ant-Man, too. I, I think uh, the last post-credit scene in that one, they had the ant. I think he was sitting at, like, the drums, and he was still playing the drums or still doing something. So, 
I mean, they they play around with that aspect of like, hey, here's a little funny segment. I mean, I, I think we can live without it. I don't really like if it's just something funny, I don't think we really need it. I mean, add that to like the DVD or something. You know what I mean? Right. So, but I mean, my last thoughts on Captain Marvel, uh, if we're going to uh, do like our rating system, I would probably give it a one out of three stars, honestly, um, maybe one and a half. Um, I like the fact that they paid homage to uh, Stan Lee in the uh, opening scene with the Marvel logo. I honestly think they need to keep that that logo, that opening for a year. Yeah, I think, I think they need to keep it for a while. I think they do. They need to keep it At for least. a year. Yeah, I mean, and, and here and here's the th- oh, here's the thing though. Like, Stan filmed several several scenes before he passed away, so he still could be popping up in the next couple of Marvel movies. Yeah, that's what I heard. Like, they're not confirming it, and they're probably not going to tell us until we actually see the movie. But I heard that he might still be in um, the uh, next um, the uh, next film. The, so the the one twist on the on the Stan Lee cameo was he was he was practicing for dogma and in dogma he played himself who created all these characters so is the stanley the marvel universe a comic book writer writing about these people you know it, it's a little wow, kind of I thing yeah i didn't pay attention to that yeah <laughs> kevin smith because dogma was credit was directed by kevin smith and yeah. kevin smith was put to tears when he saw it you know and he really? thought yeah i mean think about it you know stanley was actually his friend you know, and, yeah. and he put him in that movie and the fact that they would reach out to Kevin Smith, who who is a Hollywood outsider, you know, to 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 give him credit and and to put him and Stan Lee in the same scene. Like throughout history, people are going to be like, oh, my God, what's this dogma? Google. Oh, it's a movie. Let me look at it. You yeah, know, that was really interesting. I, I really like how they did that. Like just like watching like that opening credits of seeing Stan Lee like deep down like that did feel kind of emotional and I like the fact that they paid homage to him I mean if it wasn't for this guy man like we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Captain Marvel we, we wouldn't be sitting here getting psyched up about the next you know um films that are coming out within the next few years a one panel comic um I, I saw online that it was God um you know letting Stanley come into heaven and God tells Stanley, good universe you created there, kid. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, that is super touching. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I That's thought that was cool. You know, and it yeah. was another another comic book where I saw where it's Stanley, like he's he's got he's kind of walking away from the camera and yeah. you see all baby versions of the characters all hugging him and around him. And I was like, oh, oh that's super nice, you know. Stanley was one of the people I wish I could have met. Oh, yeah, for sure. That would have been amazing. I would have loved to have had him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Excelsior! <man. laughs> um, so, do you have anything else you want to add to the show before we head out? Um, um, I just want to deal with a little bit of business. Everyone, don't forget, we're still doing that uh, $50 gift certificate giveaway. Um, the 50th person to comment on uh our uh on our podcast we'll get a 50 dollar gift certificate once again we're picking the name randomly um don't forget to um comment whether you like us whether you hate us whether you think i'm sexier than keith doesn't matter uh <laughs> if you uh, say that i am i promise i'll give you guys a prize i don't know what it is yet <laughs> just say that i am okay <laughs> okay we'll say that 
Uh, and also, don't forget to support us on Patreon. Even a dollar helps to keep the lights on and helps to keep going. And um, we appreciate all your support, love, and everything else. And pretty soon, we may or may not be getting a third person to be on the podcast. Let's see how it works out. Um, I'm just going to add that earlier I stated our Patreon website. It was actually wrong. It's, J- it's patreon.com forward slash uh, forward slash J House Studios. House is with a Z, not with an S. So if you guys would like to support the podcast, you can definitely do that financially there. Or if you just want to visit us, like he said, at YouTube, um, our channel there is YouTube forward slash um, The J House. Like I said, with a Z, not an S. And I just want to add that James Gunn is coming back to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, no, no, let's save, that for, let's save that for the next one because I have a whole thing on that that I want to talk about. Really? Yes, okay, a whole right. thing I want to talk about it. So we're not going to get into it too much, but I just want to say that I'm glad that he's coming back because I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's probably one of my favorite franchises in the Marvel Universe right now. So big up to that. But we'll talk about that next episode, though, for sure. So, all right. um, I guess that's it for today, guys. Thanks for checking us out. You guys are amazing. We love you. We appreciate the support that you guys have been giving us thus far. And we will catch you later. Later. Later.